Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to Greg Jameson, the president of WebStores Limited, who's joining us to discuss his over 30 years of experience in working in digital marketing. Greg has been at the forefront of digital commerce since the start of web development and e-commerce mastery, and Greg made massive impact helping bring the technical leadership and communication skills to large organizations like Chase Payment Tech, Ball Aerospace, and Los Alamos Labs. As the number one best-selling author of The Influencer Effect, Amazon's Dirty Little Secrets, What Would Jeff Do?, Grow Your Online Sales, and a host of other books. Greg's a sought-after consultant and speaker whose goal is to make your business successful online. He's been awarded International Developer of the Year, Colorado Small Business of the Year, and enlisted on the Inc. 500 fastest-growing companies in America. We all know that internet marketing is absolutely critical in today's market, and also highly challenging, even for tech-savvy and business professionals. And for small and medium-sized businesses, it can be a colossal challenge to stay up-to-date on all the things you need to know and do to make sure your website stands out from competition. Today, we're going to talk with Greg about how to best manage your business website in order to increase your market position, bolster revenue, and strengthen your brand. We'll learn what's worked from Greg's experience, what maybe could be avoided if you're doing this yourself, and where other brands are missing the mark. Greg, welcome. Thanks, Stacy. This is going to be fun. I'm really happy to be here and appreciate the nice lengthy intro there. <laughs> You're welcome. You have lots of lengthy things to say about you. You have done some really cool things. And what I want to really share with everyone is how much you actually have harnessed the mastery of internet. I'm going to share a quick little story. I've, Greg just mentioned this to you. You made my husband's absolute week, not even his day, because he was sitting there in the kitchen, cooking breakfast, listening to the New York Times Alexa briefing. And after it ended, he stayed tuned, which he doesn't ever usually do. Usually he's shaving and listening to the briefing. He delayed it. So this was very serendipitous. And he listened to the next commercial, which was for Audi. And the next thing he knew, he was listening to you, which he didn't really know about, but you were introducing me because I was on your podcast talking on 20 Minutes of Influence and you had gotten your podcast position to be able to be heard by people all over on Alexa. And you have some marketing savviness that most people really haven't embraced yet. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on today. Well, thanks, Stacey. And actually, when you emailed me and told me that story it kind of made my day. I was just like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it is. It's not something that normally happens, quite frankly. It's the ones close to us. When they get excited, it makes what we do even more exciting sometimes in life. So that was a big win. I appreciate that win that you were able to give me. But can you tell all of our listeners today a little bit about your background, where you were, what got you to what you're doing today? Sure. I'll try to encapsulate uh, a lifetime of experience into just a few minutes here. It really all began uh, back when I was in high school and I had a really rare opportunity in that my dad worked for Colorado State University. 
he was a research professor and he had a research project where he actually brought home a portable teletype machine to do some work on. And this was before the age of PCs. So in my house, I had a portable teletype machine and I actually had access to an account on the county computer, which was a deck mainframe or PDP-10. So I was doing computer programming stuff like a decade before anybody else had a computer in their house, which kind of gave me an edge up on a lot of stuff. So I've, I've been a, a geek my entire life. <laughs> well, that geekdom has paid off for you mightily. And, it, you know, technology has always been fun. For many of us, it, including me, it can be incredibly frustrating at times, and we don't necessarily understand things. Like you and I were talking offline here about getting a podcast up on Alexa and trying to figure out how to do Alexa skills and so forth. And it seems like there's always one more thing that you have to learn, and it's keep. And it's not going to slow down. Obviously, it's going to keep getting worse. But there's always something else that we have to do, and that because of that, and the technology always being kind of right on the bleeding edge, things break. Even things that have been around for a long time break. And certainly when it comes to websites, which we're going to talk about today, websites break all the time. And there's a lot of reasons for it. You know, uh, someone will change the database. Someone will change a browser. Someone, you know, Google will go out there and all of a sudden say, I'm not going to show your site unless you have an SSL certificate on it. Uh, it. It's kind of one thing after another. And if you're utilizing a content management system uh, like WordPress, well, WordPress has updates all the time. All the plugins that go with it have updates all the time. And all of these things may very well conflict with each other. And as a result, things break. And you're like at, at the mercy of someone, it seems like all the time to, to get things back up and running smoothly. No, it's true. I mean, just the other day, I realized that our Twitter feed that's at the very bottom of our website, right? Like if you go all the way down to the very, very, very bottom pages, at the very base, you have a Twitter feed that you're able to see your tweets. Well, it said it hadn't updated in something like three months. And I certainly never go down. And I guess no one else on our team went down and no one commented about it. And it was just because the plugin got outdated. And so the API wasn't updating correctly. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I like to automate everything as much as possible so that if I do a blog post, for example, it automatically generates a newsletter for me. It automatically generates a Facebook post for me and a LinkedIn post for me and a Pinterest post and everything else. And it's great when it's working, but, you know, sometimes that linkage between your blog post and, let's say, Pinterest, for whatever reason, uh, it no longer works. Right. And, and that's one of those things that you have to be on top of all the time. It's like, okay, it's if I really want to be posting to Pinterest and I don't want to be out there creating separate Pinterest posts, then you have to be on top of that technology. Right. You have to figure out how to check in enough on it so that you can actually eyeball it and make sure everything's running smoothly. Yep. So what are some of the 
common mistakes you have seen with websites, besides obviously not updating plugins, APIs, things along those lines, that our listeners should really be hyper diligent about and aware of? Well, I think that the big thing that I see, and, and this is not a technology thing at all, this is simply a business thing, and that is updating your content. Uh, I always like to kind of compare it to Facebook, and I ask people the question, you know, if you went to Facebook today and you saw a certain set of posts, and then you went back tomorrow and you saw the same set of posts, and you went back a week from now and you saw the same set of posts, and then a month from now and you still saw the same posts, how often would you go back to Facebook? Probably not very often because it's the same stuff over and over again. And then I asked the question, what makes you think your website's any different? And th that's usually when the light bulb goes on. It's like, oh, so someone's coming to my website maybe one time, never to return because I haven't updated anything in months. And like I said, that's a business thing. That's not a technology thing. You have to get in the habit if you're going to have a website of actually running your website and putting new stuff out there so that there's a reason for people to come back to your website over and over again. And when you say new content and new things on your website, are we talking here about meaning, okay, new blogs or uh, new e-newsletters or new downloadable um, ebooks or things along those lines, or are you talking about actually homepage ch content changes and other things that are, you know, really part of the aesthetic of your website? All of the above. The, the aesthetics of the website, quite honestly, and certainly the layout of the website, that's not something that does need to change all the time. In fact, sometimes people get frustrated with a site like Facebook if they're constantly changing. Where did they move this button to? I know even if you're trying to use a word processing program like Microsoft Word and they come out with an update and all of a sudden one thing where you're, we're used to finding it is now in a completely different place. That just annoys people. That, that's not improving the user interface at all. That's just somebody, you know, they, they got paid so they made a modification to whatever it is you're using. But certainly new imagery on your homepage, if you're running an e-commerce website, maybe be promoting new products on the homepage. You know, take a look at Amazon. Every time you go to Amazon, it's different. And not only is it different, it's targeted specifically towards you. You know, here's some products related to other things that you looked at when you came here last time. Every major website out there is constantly putting out new content. It might be a, a news website. It might be YouTube. It might be the social media sites where other people are creating content for you, which we can talk about as a way of getting content generated and having other people do it, much like an influencer would do. But yeah, as a business owner, you have to take responsibility for that and update things on a regular basis or no one's going to come back. <laughs> Great. And so what's the best thing to focus on. So, you know, is it, what would you suggest to someone as, you know, their first steps of focusing on updating content, where should they dig in? You know, as I've gotten this bee in my bonnet here about this whole 
changing your content thing lately, I've actually been putting together a series of online courses to address some of that. And, you know, some of the things that you mentioned are things that people should definitely be doing. Uh, the lead magnet that you're offering, whether it be a free ebook or a free course, a free white paper, a, a coupon for something, access to a video, whatever your lead magnet is, that is one of the things that you need to change regularly. Uh, if somebody comes and they've already downloaded your ebook, there's no reason for them to come back next month to download the same ebook. You know, give them another reason to come back to your website. And then because they've already downloaded your ebook, you've got their email address at that point, you send out an email and say, hey, we've got a new freebie on our website where I've got this 10 minute video describing X, then that gives them a reason to go back to your website. So certainly the lead magnets, uh, you mentioned blog posts. I think that it is really important, regardless of what business you're in, that your blog posts appear on your homepage, not solely your blog posts on your homepage, like, you know, WordPress likes to have the default be just your blog, but to have, in addition to all of the other stuff that you have on your homepage, show your latest blog post so that every time somebody comes to your website, there's new material on your homepage. Certainly, as I said, if you have an e-commerce website, the stuff that you're promoting on your homepage sh should change. I, I actually do have one client that is really good at doing this, and they change their homepage about once a month, I guess. Uh, but it, it depends upon the season. So like right now, their homepage has stuff on there all about Valentine's Day uh, or... I, well, they did have, I guess that was a week or two ago now. Uh, have, I haven't looked at their website recently. It's probably St. Patrick's Day or something. But uh, but they're changing stuff all the time on their home page to reflect the time of the year. And they actually do a really good job of that and have a really good following because of it. Right. I'm assuming when they're changing their website and updating their homepage to be seasonal and specific to whatever that month's feature is, they're also doing the same across their socials so that they're actually carrying that out and doing yep. it across their entire digital platform. Absolutely. And like I said, it doesn't matter what business you're in. I've got a client that's a doctor that does a pretty good job of this as well. And they actually laid out a calendar for an entire year saying, okay, you know, during March, we're going to talk about uh, gluten intolerancy or whatever. And during April, we're going to talk about inflammation or whatever. But it's like, okay, they've got a theme for each month. And then they write all of their blog posts around whatever that theme is. And uh, their newsletters contain their blog posts and so forth. And it, it does make a difference. Yeah, that's absolutely smart. A lot of people don't do that. And the calendar plans might PR agencies do where you're looking at, you know, what is the conversation that you're going to be having with the media on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis. And then you're making sure your messaging points are aligned with that. And it doesn't People mean, yeah. And it doesn't mean because you have a calendar that if we live in a constantly changing world, if something comes up that is relevant for your audience, 
put it in there. You know, it, it doesn't, just because you have a calendar, it's kind of like a budget, you know, you don't have to spend every single dollar exactly the way that you said that you were going to with your budget, but at least you have a bunch of things. Absolutely. It makes sense. And so when you are doing the planning, you're doing the calendar, are you thinking that you just rip out a piece of paper and you do this, or do you use special software? Do you use CRM systems that help you with this? Do you use just WordPress and plan in an Excel document or a Word document? What's your best strategy that you suggest people should go out and do? I think it is completely up to the individual and what they're most comfortable with. I just put things in a Word document myself and refer to it at the beginning of each month. And then I'll look and say, okay, you know, this month I'm going to be talking about graphics, for example. Then I can go in there and, and this is something that I actually recommend to people when I, I'm sitting there telling them to change their content all the time is they're like, look, I've got a business to run. I don't have time to be doing all this stuff is batch all of your work together, write four different blog posts, hit the schedule button, say, this one's coming out this week. This one's coming out next week. This one's coming out the week after just do it all at once. And then you're not constantly having to go in there and go, Oh, it's Wednesday. I got to get a new blog post out there. Do it once a month. Uh, heck, if you have the time, take a weekend and do the whole year and, 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 and just put the, the stuff that comes up throughout the year, mix it in. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. I know that um, when you are behind the ball and you're trying to desperately get something written because you have a blog post that's supposed to go out the next day, it is like the worst homework assignment ever. <laughs> And then, like I said, if you automate all of this stuff, whether you're doing it through various WordPress plugins uh, like Microblog Poster or you're doing it through something like IFTTT, it's this and that, uh, which is a great little service out there. You just automate stuff so it's like, okay, I wrote the blog post. It's coming out on this date and everything else takes care of itself. Right. I know in blog posting, one of my strategies when we first started, gosh, I think about seven years ago, writing blogs was using the blogs to answer problems we were encountering with clients. So we do a sales call and we'd have a conversation and I'd find myself trying to explain a concept and I'd go into such detail trying to explain it on the call. And, you know, you have their attention, but you kind of don't have their attention. And what I learned is to touch on it and then just to say, you know what? I wrote a blog on it. I'm going to share it with you and send you more detail. And then I would actually sit down and respond and write a way to specifically answer what they were telling me and what the issue was so that I could get them to better understand it. And then I would post it as a blog, then share the link with them as that and know that I could use that and replicate that blog and share it over and over again because lots of people would have that same question. No one has you don't just have one person who has a question about your company. There's lots of people who have the same questions. Yeah. I, I think that's a great way to do blog content. And another way that I've seen is, you know, as I was talking about things that come up throughout the years, just look at what the current events are uh, as it relates to your industry and pick one and relate it back to what it is that you do. And, 
a little bit ago, you mentioned getting other people to create your content for you. So how does someone go about this? It's like, oh my gosh, this is the miracle. Someone's going to content <laughs> for me. Yay. How does that work? You know, th- 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 there's multiple ways. Uh, one way certainly is to simply go ask them. And you would be surprised that if you like ask a customer to go out there and write about their experience with your product or service and tell them that they're going to be featured on your blog or your podcast or whatever it is that you're doing, they'll do it. And they won't ask for anything in return other than, you know, if it's a business, maybe a link back to their website. Pretty uh, simple thing to do is to, to simply go ask people when you introduced me, you introduced me as a best-selling author, and people always say, well, how the heck did you do that? And I was like, no, the reality was I didn't. What I did is I sent my book out to all my friends, and they did all of these incredible social media posts, holding up the book and uh, writing reviews for it and spreading the word for me, and it, it was great. So clearly just asking people is one way. Another way that you can certainly do it is to pay an influencer. So you find somebody that is really an influencer in a particular industry and come up with some kind of a contract in terms of how they're going to do that for you. An example of that is that I'm working with a group of uh, retailers in Estes Park, Colorado right now. And it's a whole group of them that decided that they wanted to bring more people into this tourist town. And I said, well, a good way to do that would be to go get Rick Steves and have him do a video about Estes Park. And they were like, yeah, that'd be nice, but we can't afford him. And I was like, maybe not. But here's what you do is you find a local influencer that would do the same thing for you. Well, they did that. And... Uh, this gal ended up putting out a 20 minute uh, video all about the great things to do in Estes Park, including, by the way, maybe you should walk into this particular coffee shop and maybe while you're there, you should go over here and uh, go into this photo gallery and stuff. And it has been phenomenally successful. Uh, mm-hmm. So pay an influencer is another, is another way. And a third way that I can think of is put a contest on your website. We were talking about changing up your lead magnets on a regular basis. Well, one particular lead magnet you could have is a contest where you ask people to either take a photo of them using your product or service and post it all over social media or to create a video and put it up on YouTube for you or whatever, and then it's a contest. It's not a drawing. It's a contest. You actually get a panel of judges to judge to see which person came up with the most creative video for you. And in the meantime, you've had lots of people that have been entering this and creating all sorts of uh, buzz for you because, you know, you're going to give away whatever it's going to be a $100 gift card to Amazon or whatever your, the prize is. You're going to give away a 70-inch TV. I don't know what what you're going to give away, but if the prize is enticing enough, you'd be surprised at how many people will 
go out and be putting in a really serious effort into trying to win that prize and create great content for you. And that's really brilliant, Greg, because usually people think about, you know, you're going to win this on your social media. And there's a lot of restrictions now that Facebook's put in and Instagram's put in um, where there's contesting rules per se on those sweepstakes opportunities where it's blind, random drawings. But by saying there's a contest that you actually have a panel of judges that you're treating this as something that's not just a blind drawing is something that people really don't do very often. And that's a great idea. And when you run it on your own website, you're not restricted to the rules of yeah. Facebook or YouTube or whatever. You're, yeah. This is your contest and you come up with the rules. Uh, you can certainly promote it on Facebook and YouTube and whatever else, but you actually run the contest on your own website. Right. Now that's great. And so what else should brands think about or businesses? To me, everyone's a, or you're an agency, one of the two and agencies are brands also we're all brands, <laughs> but what else should, uh, companies think about when it comes to websites and apps that they with their content or design or just engagement. Okay. Uh, I'm going to actually back up here just a second. I, I just thought of another thing that somebody could do. And okay. that is uh, guest posting on other okay. people's blogs. And one of the things that will frequently happen, I know, is that if you do have a blog that is getting any traction at all after a period of time, people will approach you and say, hey, can I post an article on your blog and sometimes people even offer to pay you to put their uh, post up on your blog. But regardless, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, it, it's more user generated content. Uh, and so you were asking what, what, what else here? Well, one of the other things I think is your graphics, uh, it is really important that business owners be able to generate their own graphics. Um, you don't want to be paying a graphic artist or a photographer or uh, your web designer or whatever every time that you want to come up with a new post on Instagram, for example. And you, you also don't want to, every single post to just be a selfie with your smartphone. You, you want to have professional quality graphics and it's really pretty easy to do. So, you know, be able to create graphics, you know, take a stock photo, be able to put some text on it about what it is that you're offering. And then you can upload those to your website as well as to all the social media channels. Yeah, our team uses uh, for stock photography a number of different sources, but one of them is Dreams Time. And so we keep a monthly uh, subscription to it so that we can download and have cleared images because the ID going onto Google and finding images and using that as your content is bad on two folds. One, the images aren't really the highest quality a lot of times. So you get some graininess, but two, they're not actually clear to be used. They're not free images for you to be able right. to use without licensing. And from a stock photo site, all of that is you have an agreement and you can use it for however way you signed up for it to be used. And there's different pricing plans on that. So whatever site you use, that's important. And then I, I love Photoshop. 
I love Adobe Illustrator. I do. I think they're great, but I think that they are too difficult for the majority of people to be able to use. And it's unfair to expect business owners or individuals in your company to be able to jump on, polish their skills and be able to create awesome graphics using them. So there's sites like Canva, um, which we love. I wish they paid us. They're not. <laughs> I mean, this is an authentic for both of these services um, endorsement where Canva is fantastic because you literally upload an image. They have um, like tile layovers that you do for words. You have different shapes. You have different ways that you can do layouts. It automatically will lay out for you based on if it's a Twitter or a Facebook or an Instagram or a Pinterest or a header or all these different types of images. And it makes any business owner or business employee be able to almost be a graphic artist wizard. It's awesome. Yes, so I totally fun. agree. And yeah. th th there's actually lots of resources that allow yep. you to do those types of things. And, uh, and Canva is, is a good one. Another good one is Lunapic. Uh, kind of like lunatic, but lunatic. <laughs> and I don't get paid for that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's just some, there are some graphic programs and things that are just so awesome that it's easy to endorse them. I like, I like um, PictoChart, which is for infographics. Right. Um, they're really cool for that. It allows, I mean, even if you have interns, they're going to be able to lay out something that looks super professional, would otherwise have cost you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So it's kind of cool that you have all these resources. And if you're writing a blog, there's no reason your blog can't be turned into an infographic. Your blog can't be turned into still images for graphics for Facebook or for any of your social platforms. Your blogs, once you have a bundle of them, you know, you talked about having a month-long um, focused kind of campaign on a topic, like whether it's graphics. Well, there's no reason all your blogs from that month on graphics can be turned into an ebook. And now you all of a sudden have this awesome content that you can keep on repurposing and sharing, and you don't have to start from scratch every time. That, that's exactly my message. So we're on the same wavelength here. <laughs> so, yeah, as a, as a business owner, like I said, the, the technology stuff that we kind of started out talking about at the beginning of the show about, you know, hey, this plugin has crashed my website or whatever, you know, go, go pay your local geek to fix that for you. But the content of your website is, you know, people say, I'm, I'm too busy. I have to go run my business. Your website is your business. It is like saying that you don't have time to restock your shelves. Well, if you don't restock your shelves, guess what? You don't have anything to sell. All of this content on your website is restocking your shelves digitally. And you, absolutely have to do it and you can't just put up a website and let it sit there for two years because not only does the technology get dated but that content will be stale in a month yeah really your website is like having a salesperson or a marketing person on your staff but it's working for you 24 7 and it's actually chugging along and chugging along so it's worth allocating dollars to absolutely okay any other elements or ways that you think people can leverage their website or need to that they commonly don't do? Well, there's lots of ways that, uh, that you can leverage your website. And to me, they're totally intuitive, but maybe uh, they aren't to other people. Uh, things as simple as your email signature block, 
put your website on there so that you know you never know who you're sending out an email to that may want to go visit something on your website uh, your phone answering message you know tell people that too uh, I, I think that so often people seem to think that the only real way to get your message out there is to advertise it. You know, I got to go do Google AdWords or Facebook ads. And quite honestly, those are things that you probably should be doing as your business gets to the point where you need to be doing it. Uh, we all see Amazon advertising still, uh, but you have to compete with, with that. I think that, you know, I heard a statistic the other day, and I'd heard it a, before, but the, the other day it really caught my mind as I've been on this kick for business owners to be creating content, and that is that 90% of all the data on the internet has been generated in the last two years. Pretty staggering to think about that, but what's more staggering is, is that you have to compete with that. <laughs> and so if you aren't in on that and you aren't being part of creating that new content, and again, your website is out there and it's, the content hasn't been changed for two years, then you are seriously out of date and no one, you're irrelevant basically at that point. Right. And you have to find a way to actually make your website work for you and bring you and, and be an inbound sales service for you. That's what's the magic about it is you want it to catch and trigger and get people at least on a high funnel level to ask more questions or want to dig in deeper and sign up for your ebook or the other value added content that you're using as your lead magnets. Yeah. And I think, you know, what we were talking about before about getting other people to market and sell stuff for you. The reality is, is that's how Amazon got started. Their affiliate program still accounts for almost 50% of their sales, which is phenomenal in and of itself. Other people are out there pushing off links to Amazon because they might get paid for it. But equally as important as that is they have these product ratings and reviews that people take very seriously. It's like one customer telling another customer why you should or should not buy a particular product. And as a business owner, you need to be doing that too. You know, if, uh, put ratings and reviews up on your website. Uh, let customers tell other customers why you are so good. Yep, that's it, fair enough. And, it, and if you're afraid to do that because somebody might say something bad, fix your business. <laughs> <laughs> so really what you're saying is we all know word of mouth is so powerful. That's why influencer marketing works. And you need to actually have your own word of mouth about your business on your website and to vocally share via your own platforms, your email your own conversations, your voicemail even, that you have these assets and start bringing people into them so that they can learn and leverage and you can get more sales. And, and the thing is, is it's really cool that when you do that, 
people will say nice things about you every now and then, even if somebody, you know, you disappointed somebody, you got a one-star review or whatever, people will say nice things about you every now and then. And then what you do when that happens is you leverage it. You sent me that email the other day saying how I made your husband's day or his week. Well, guess what? I actually created a graphic about that and posted it on social media. Because I, I need to see that. I have to go look at your site. <laughs> but because, it, you know, it, it resonated with me that that resonated with your husband. So it was like uh, when people say nice things about you, all you have to do is take a little bit of the quote about what they said about you, slap it on a stock image that you got from a site where it's been cleared, throw it into Canva, create a little meme about it and post it back to social media. And now you're spreading the word because other people were saying nice things about you. I had not thought about that as a way to leverage client testimonials. And we'll often, we're, I'm, I'm honestly not good about calling clients and saying, hey, can you tell the world happy, shiny things about our agency and how the fact that you love us, I mean, obviously you love us because eight years later, you're still working with us, but can you share that? Not so good at that. That's hard. But a lot of times we'll get an email from them saying how something actually managed to move a needle or they want to thank one of our employees for going above and beyond as an agency for something. And those are all really awesome tidbits that until you just, I hadn't even really thought trying to repurpose and position uh, for social shares. Yeah, I, I would do that for, for anything. And, you know, one of the things I did years ago because of all the spam is I turned off comments on my blog posts, but people still comment on it by sending me email messages. You know, hey, that was a great article. I got this, this and this tip out of it. You know what? Copy that, throw it in, create a meme about it and put it back out on social media. If you, it, it, it's all a big wheel and people like to say nice things about you because, hey, maybe they'll get quoted by you. <laughs> what would really be the first thing that you would say a brand marketer needs to do now. They need to sit down, they need to look at their website, they need to see if there's content actually being updated. Is there anything else they should really be digging in and hyper aware of? I think that, you know, so often anymore, people are concerned about how many followers they have and uh, it, it's kind of irrelevant to tell you the truth. Uh, what's relevant is not the number of followers that you have, but the number of people that really care about what it is that you're doing. And I, I sit here and I see influencers out there and I'm looking at the definition of influencers. And, you know, it says that a micro influencer has to have at least 10,000 followers or whatever and some of them say it's a hundred thousand followers or whatever you know if i had ten thousand people that really cared about what i was doing i would think that i had died and gone to heaven because you don't need that many people uh, if you have a thousand people that really care about what you're doing uh, that that's a pretty good number Hey, if you've got 500 people that really care about what you're doing, you're doing well. 
So don't worry about the number of followers that you have nearly as much about how much are you actually impacting those people? And you have to impact them by actually providing value and serving them with education or content that's going to help them make a decision or make their lives easier or just be able to make that next decision that much easier too. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned that you have a course that you are going to be marketing shortly or you are marketing on content marketing. Do you want to share more details about that? Are there any other um, cool things that you're doing that you want to kind of pitch out right now and talk about? Sure. I'm actually, uh, I've had a free course out there for a while that people can just get on my website. It's like a four session course that uh, just kind of goes through an introduction to maintaining your own website information. But what I'm in the process of doing, and this is what's kind of taken up my time right now, I guess, when I'm in between client work, is developing a series of courses all about how you really need to be controlling your own content. So there's going to be one course just on how to create lead magnets. And we'll talk about all the different kinds of lead magnets, uh, some of which we mentioned here today. Uh, there's going to be another one just on how to create your own graphics. Another one on how to create your blog posts and automate it into a newsletter and social media posts like we talked about here. Uh, so any type of content that you can think of, there's actually going to be one on podcasts as well and telling people how to get their podcasts on Alexa, for example. Uh, so uh, all of these things about content that as a business owner, it is really critical that you take seriously. There will be a course for each type of content out there. That's awesome. It's going to take me a little while to get it done, but uh, it, it's a fun and challenging project. And if someone wants to find more about that in the future or right now get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? The best way is to probably go to gregjamison.com and there is a menu item up there that says uh, connect with Greg and it has links to all of my social media profiles all of my various websites, uh, you can fill out a, a contact form there. So just gregjamison.com is probably the best way to do it. Awesome. And so, you know, you mentioned that 90% of the content that is on the World Wide Web right now has been made in the last two years. What do you think the future is? I mean, we're all creating so much content. Where is this going to net out? I mean, obviously, if people aren't creating content, you're going to be left in the dust. But where is this content creation, updating movement going to lead us? I think that it's the people that sell hard disk drives for storing stuff on servers, they're going to do really well here. <laughs> Cloud storage is huge. But I think that it's really difficult for us as human beings to comprehend the amount of data that's already out there, much less what's going to be out there in another two years or two years after that. And 
rather than having our minds explode, maybe the thing that we need to do is we actually need to step back from the internet now and then and say, you know what, I'm going offline for a weekend and really be able to kind of take that time and regenerate. I, I know I like to do that because frequently what'll happen is that when you step back, that the way your mind actually works is it's kind of like singing in the shower or whatever, or sometimes having a dream at night because you are unwired that you come up with even more creative thoughts. And there's so much negativity in the world anymore. The reality is I think that the human mind is such that the best years are actually ahead of us. We just have to take advantage of it. That's fair enough. Are there any last words of advice you have for our listeners today? The biggest word of advice, I guess, is participate in things like this. I've absolutely loved being on this podcast, regardless of where you're listening to this podcast from. Think about it yourself, you know. Do I have something to share with the world? Any any content through a podcast, through a blog or whatever. And don't be afraid to share it because it's a lot of fun and you get to meet great people like Stacy. Well, Greg, thank you. That was very sweet. I want to thank Greg again for joining us today and thank you all for tuning in to today's Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Greg's provided a tremendous amount of valuable advice to all of you interested in creating websites that sell. And I know I appreciate the time you shared with us today. Thank you again. And tune into our next podcast where we will be deep diving into more marketing mistakes and how you should avoid them.